This is the Decision Masters Podcast. I'm Kirsten Parker, the decision coach for overthinkers. When you feel good about your decisions, life feels good. You get to be present in your days and excited about where you're going. I'm going to help you build your decision mastery so it's easy to know what you want, navigate uncertainty, and handle any feelings that happen. Whether you're in the middle of some overthinking angst right now, or you simply love feeling in charge of your choices, you're in the right place. Clear, confident decisions are right around the corner. Let's get into it. Hello again, friend. Happy Thursday or whatever day you're finding this. We are returning to our exploration of decision styles. We're talking about decision style number four, the people pleaser. Get your party hats on. If you're listening to this live or watching live on YouTube, I have my Halloween paraphernalia on. Just as a final nod to the season, we're recording real time. So it is the most wonderful time of the year in the Parker household. If you haven't been following my Instagram or TikTok, then you've been missing out, but you can go catch up on just the shenanigans. My family has lived on this big deal Halloween street for years and My dad grows these giant pumpkins in the backyard, which is not typical for Los Angeles. The climate is meh for giant pumpkin growing, but he persists. And we had a great turnout this year. My voice is a little scraggly right now because Halloween was literally yesterday, real time. But we're doing what we can. And embracing last week's episode of making the most of your perfectionist decision-making style, I'm deciding that my voice and this episode and even my brain functioning do not have to be 10 out of 10 perfect to deliver some quality people-pleasing stuff today. So I have my ghosty earrings on my bat necklace and you can follow me at KP Coaching on Instagram or at The Decision Coach on TikTok and go see all of the fun pumpkining. The ever The big favorite this year, I think, was Audrey too from Little Shop of Horrors. That was a new one this year, and it was a big hit. It's also, shockingly, to me at least, um, not in everyone's repertoire. I mean, I'm a musical theater kid, like born and bred. So instantly you say Audrey, and I think of my one friend named Audrey and Little Shop of Horrors. That's like all my brain knows to do. But um, the youngins these days, they necessarily know what we're talking about, but hopefully we educated the masses and we uh, inspired some some movie watching because it's a quality watch. Anyway, let's get into our people-pleasing discussion today because this is the final decision style that we are exploring and it could be a doozy. We're talking about your default decision-making style and my job is to make sure that you know how to make the most of your defaults and change what doesn't work for you and what doesn't yield amazing results but also embrace what's just you about you. I've had a lot of conversations over the course of this series that we've done exploring these decision styles. I've had a lot of conversations with people who are like, oh, I never really thought of thinking of myself as just really great at deadlines. I just always thought I was a procrastinator and that was a terrible character flaw. And I know, I get it. And especially with people-pleasing, we are encouraged to think of it as a big, fat failure on our part. So I'm going to help you change that narrative. And then let's also change some of the mechanics of this behavior that are just not feeling great 
and working great. So when people-pleasing is your default decision-making style, it means that you make decisions automatically, most of the time, prioritizing other people's opinions, feelings, and agendas, or your idea of what their opinions and feelings and agendas might be. More on that later. And while this can create a lot of frustration, and I promise we'll get to that too, let's also remember that at the core of this default, there are good intentions and also good results. You are making thoughtful, compassionate choices a lot of the time. Sometimes it feels like people-pleasing and it doesn't feel good. Well, some of the time though, let's be honest, you're good at making people happy. You're good at thinking ahead and considering others' comfort and preferences and they appreciate it. And you like being that person. This is not a skill that everyone is great at. This is something that I love reminding people of when they are focused on the negatives of their default. Let's zoom out for a second and remember, a lot of people in the world are wrapped up in their own chaos or they're just missing that wiring in their brain that makes it natural and easy to consider. How is this going to affect other people? What would be nice for other people? A lot of people struggle to do that in their decision-making. A lot of people don't even care to do that in their decision-making. So let's throw the baby out with the bathwater here. Let's not condemn this default decision-making style outright because a lot of the time when I'm working with people on these habit changes, what they're most afraid of is that if they stop people-pleasing, they're going to become a thoughtless, selfish person and stop being able to make their loved ones happy. And they don't want to lose that part of themselves. They don't want to lose that element of their life. So let's just embrace it and say, okay, we're not going to, I don't even, I hate that phrase, the baby with the bathwater thing. I don't know where it came from. I don't really understand it, but let's just agree we're not going to do it. Okay. So when you are at your best, I would love for you to start thinking of your decision-making style as consciously considerate. Bam. Nailed it. As long as you use this as a strength and not an obstacle, it can actually be the reason that you love your decisions and love the way you make decisions in your life. And to capitalize on that, I would love for you to start paying attention to when you like the results of your decisions. So when you've gone to great effort to consider someone else's feelings, opinions, preferences, agenda, whatever, and you've based your decision on at least partially that data of what do I think this person is going to like or want or be happiest about. And when you really love the results that you get from that whole decision-making process, I want you to celebrate it. I want you to notice that and be like, look at this, this is my magic. This is me working my consciously considerate decision-making magic. You're welcome. You're all welcome for taking everyone's food allergies into account and everyone's schedules and everyone's preferences and what everyone is going to like the most and bringing lots of people together across time zones, maybe even countries for this family celebration. I'm making this up, but we can see a people pleaser putting an event together like this, right? And going to great lengths to make sure that a lot of people had minimal things to complain about. And when you are happy with the results of that process, I want you to celebrate the bananas out of it. Because not only will this help you see yourself as, oh, I am a consciously considerate decision-making superstar, 
it's going to help you notice when you do not like how you're making decisions. And that is obviously where our growth area is here. When you feel resentful, taken advantage of, deprioritized, when you've gone to great efforts to accommodate or prioritize other people's agendas, feelings, preferences, and you don't feel good about that, I want you to notice that too. Because that's going to help us differentiate when am I doing the people-pleasing stuff that creates the side effects that we don't like? And when am I just being consciously considerate? And I love that. Okay. So to get rid of the side effects, the negative side effects we don't like, all of the resentful, all of the taken advantage of feelings that we can get from this people-pleasing style of decision-making, I want you to employ one trick and I want you to prioritize it hardcore. You can do this however works for you. You can make it like a five-day challenge. You can make it a 24-hour marathon. Whatever is going to help you bring this idea to the front of your mind and focus on it for a concentrated period of time, it's really going to help kickstart this habit change and this pattern interruption, okay? Here's what you're going to start doing. You're going to start considering your opinion first. This is your job for any decision you make in this time frame, in this window of experimentation. Before skipping straight to what should I do? What do I have to do? What does so-and-so expect me to do? What is the right thing to do? What is this other person going to not judge me for? What is this person going to judge me for? Instead of skipping to that lily pad of, well, I have to base this decision on other people's thoughts and feelings, you are going to insert a mandatory step in your decision-making process. You're going to consider, what do I think? What do I want? Now, you don't necessarily have to base your decision on this, but you have to ask the question, okay? We have to interrupt the pattern of skipping this check-in moment of your own preferences, desires, your agenda. What happens is we get in the habit of prioritizing automatically other people's thoughts and feelings or our ideas of what their thoughts and feelings might be. And then we base our decisions on them. And then we feel resentful, taken advantage of, deprioritized, all the things that we don't like and want, right? And this is key. This little thing I hinted at at the beginning of the episode where a lot of this people-pleasing frustration is coming from our idea, assumptions, imaginations of what other people might want or think. And that is where you are going to take a lot of your power back. You are going to stop letting your brain assume, oh, I can't, I can't skip Thanksgiving. Mom is going to hate me and think I don't love her. And she'll be really sad. And that's not acceptable. And it will be my fault. So I have no choice. We're not going to make decisions like that anymore because A, what are we even basing that decision on? Our idea of what someone might possibly think or feel temporarily? No, thank you. We're going to start inserting this mandatory step to start training your brain that your opinion matters. What you think and want counts. Now, like we said, your ultimate decision is going to be based on whatever you choose, and it may or may not line up exactly with what you initially found out when you checked in. What do I want? What do I think? But this moment of checking in with yourself, 
of prioritizing what do I think, what do I want, is going to change everything. Very interesting to be talking to a client who is actually super clear on what they do, do or don't want. It's fun. It's like holidays are not the only thing we talk about in coaching, but it's holiday season right now, so it's coming up a lot. And it's a it's a very relatable example, right? We can get very people pleasy around the holidays because we want our family to be happy. And we have a lot of old historical stuff influencing our decisions. So it's very interesting to be talking to someone who is super clear on, yeah, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to go anywhere. Or I would love to go do that. And they're they're clear when they check in with themselves. What do I want? What do I think? And then when we get to the part of the conversation where we we check in, okay, well, what, what do we think the decision's going to be here? And they go immediately to, oh, well, I, I can't do what I want. I have to do this other thing. I could never do that. Or I definitely have to do this. There's no choice. There's a there's a bit of a disconnect there, right? And this is the big misunderstanding that we are undoing here. Changing this habit of people pleasing is not the same thing as only ever doing what you want and screw everybody else. Making the most of this decision-making style is being consciously considerate and owning your choices. So even if you are super clear on, yeah, I don't want to do this, if you're going to make the decision to do this, let's say travel to the Bahamas for Thanksgiving, maybe you really don't want to do that. Maybe it feels far or hot and you want to just like live in your best pumpkin spice vibes for fall. If you're going to decide to do that anyway, we want you knowing and liking your reasons. That's all we're after here. So we have to start with what do you think and want? And that will help you highlight what are the assumptions influencing what I'm going to ultimately decide here? Am I assuming mom will get really mad at me? Or am I presuming that certain options are off the table? Because you could make the same exact decision, but it could be coming from an empowered place. Okay, I'm going to travel to the Bahamas. I love that this is the example my brain is coming up with. I'm in a little Dayquil fog. So my, my brain is like taking a half vacation to the Bahamas, I think, right now. It's fine. We're going to roll with it. You could decide, I'm going to go to the Bahamas for Thanksgiving, even though I didn't think that I really wanted to initially. But here are the reasons that I'm choosing to do it. I'm going to embrace this opportunity to see all of the family I want to see. I am going to skip Christmas and do my own thing for that holiday. Whatever reasons you can identify that you like for making that decision. You can make the exact same decision and it could be people-pleasing. But it would look 100% the same. You buy the ticket, you get on the plane. It could be people-pleasing just because of this internal dialogue that you skip. You could have the experience where you think, I don't want to do that. There's no world in which I want to do that. That's going to be the worst. And I don't have a choice. And -and so-and-so is going to get mad at me if I don't. And this is just the way it is in our family. So click, buy the ticket, resentful, taken advantage of, bossed around, disempowered. That is how that same exact choice could be people-pleasing in one experience and empowered in the other experience. So I want to reassure you that you can absolutely keep making the decisions that make people in your life. We don't have to give that up. What we're dismantling is this misunderstanding that's been established that it's an either-or situation, that it's all or nothing, that you either get to be a good person, be a good daughter, good parent, good friend, good partner, good worker, good citizen of humanity, good. You either get to be good and make everybody happy or you get to do what you want. 
you either get to have happy people in your life or you get what you want and you be selfish and thoughtless and grinchy and scroogey. We're dismantling this misunderstanding that you have to settle and compromise and make yourself small basically all over your life. It's your job to take responsibility for other people's comfort and their feelings and their agendas. That's just a misunderstanding that got established somewhere along the line and we're going to poke holes in it. We're just going to question, might people be able to be happy and I can get what I want? Might there be some wiggle room where I'm not actually totally responsible for everyone's happiness and they can be in charge of their happiness and I can be more in charge of my happiness? Because that's the world that you can invite yourself to live in. This is like the new chapter you can establish for yourself going forward. You can keep the best parts of your consciously considerate decision-making and be a more happy, fulfilled, full, authentic version of yourself. And the best part is the people who you want to be happy, who really value you and are on your level in your orbit, they'll still be there. That's the nice thing. You don't have to give that up. You don't have to give them up. You get to keep the people in your life. They even get to be happy. They can even take more responsibility for their own happiness and you get to take up more space. You get to be happier in your own one and only life. Win-win, in my opinion. So I hope you try this stuff on. If you're in the people-pleaser group of decision-making defaults, and I know we all have a little bit of all of these from time to time, but if you're tending towards people-pleasing, this is like a season in your life where you're noticing that a lot of your decisions are being based on other people's agendas and priorities, then I really hope you try this out. You can go take the quiz at kirstenparker.com forward slash quiz. If you don't know which style that you're grooving in right now, the results help you identify the best parts of your decision-making style and how not to constantly judge yourself for it and give you a really solid tip on how to start changing the habits that are not working great for you. And if you're watching this live or listening live, we're doing a maximize your decision style workshop that's totally free and it's going to go into even more detail on overthinkers, procrastinators, people pleasers, perfectionists, making the most of how their brains operate, turning the volume down on the crappier parts of those habits and styles. So go sign up for that free. Link is in the bio. Kirstenparker.com forward slash decision style if you want to go straight there and sign up for it. It's free. That's happening in November. And I just hope you have a beautiful, beautiful week. I'll see you soon. Hey, want to find out your decision style? Um, obviously. Go take the decision style quiz. It's in the show notes and at kirstenparker.com forward slash quiz. We all have our style when it comes to making decisions, but do you know how to use your default way of thinking to your advantage? Or do you mainly get stuck in the most annoying parts of overthinking and people pleasing? The decision style quiz has your answers, my friend. Take it right now at kirstenparker.com forward slash quiz.